0: Welcome to the Castling Academy podcast, where we explore the topics that matter most in healthcare and radiology, featuring thought leaders who are defining the future of imaging practice and leading transformation in patient care. Brought to you by Castling, an advanced partner of Siemens Healthineers. Hi, everyone. This is Kyle Salem. Welcome back to the Castling Podcast. We're going to do things a little differently today. I've invited one of my colleagues, Dan Gordon, a vice president at Sequence Health Group, uh, to sit with me, and we're reversing roles, so to speak. Uh, I normally ask the questions, but today I've invited Dan to serve as host, and we're going to have a discussion about everything that's going on with COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Welcome, Dan.
1: Thanks, Kyle. I appreciate you having me here today.
0: Certainly, and you know, first and foremost, I just want to say, from from Castling's perspective as an organization, that our hearts go out to everyone impacted by the coronavirus. It's it's really a, a time that I never expected that that, that I would see, um, certainly different than anything I've experienced in 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 my life. And so we want to you know pause and discuss some of what's happening right now and its its impact on the imaging field.
1: Yeah, it's certainly humbling today to see the healthcare field come together and address this pandemic um, and come together and look at ways to help each other, help the healthcare community. And we're looking for some opportunity to talk about that today and, and look at um, things that we might be able to uh, to help the organizations in the healthcare field address COVID-19.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly think it's, uh, you know, we sit back and we we get a chance to, to kind of take perspective on things and uh, In times of crisis, we always all seem to come together and put our differences aside, and I think it's it's been obvious that, for the most part, the the American people have come together, um, and not only in our country but even in the world, people really talking about how they can support and help each other, uh, whether it's simply maintaining your distance, and I I think we're close to six feet apart, but. you know, just trying to make sure we keep some of that separation from a social distancing perspective, whether it's helping out where we can or, you know, whether it's really doing the, the, the greatest you can with, with what you have in, in terms of your resources. And for our, our customers, the hospitals and healthcare providers who are on the front lines dealing with the patients and families, uh, really dealing with the virus, you know, certainly, you know, our, our support goes to them and, and all the work that they're doing.
1: And we're seeing things that, that we've never seen before happen. Uh, in fact, I just got an email just this morning from my dentist, who's now closed their office. And so there, there are things that we're seeing that we've never seen before. Um, and to, to your point, people are coming together and, and addressing it holistically, um, nationally and, and globally. So uh, let's turn our attention to the radiologist department a little bit. Um, from your perspective in, in working in, in this area for 15 to 20 years, what's imaging's role in serving the greater good during this national emergency?
0: Yeah, I think imaging always plays an important role in healthcare, care. And uh, in times like this, it really has to accentuate that role, right? So I- imaging's fundamental capability is an opportunity to see and experience parts of the body in a non-invasive way that we can't otherwise. Uh, so, you you know, in this case, we're talking about, you know, can CT be used to look at lung structure, lung fibrosis, to quantify the extent of damage, uh, potentially being used whether with, with ultrasound or CT to guide a biopsy, um, mobile x-rays to do chest x-rays to do, you know, some sense of the same sort of thing. There's a lot that imaging can do not only to guide diagnosis, but also treatment right? So evaluate severity. It also, because it's a non-invasive test, it's pretty easy for us to do it in a repeated serial fashion so we can get uh, some set of ongoing measure of progress, right? Whether that's good or bad inside of a patient, we can certainly see that. So imaging plays this role as a central figure in both diagnosis as well as the monitoring of treatment. And I think that's really important because it gives us an opportunity as imaging leaders, or as 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 an imaging department in a facility, to play a central role in solving the problem.
1: So, so do you see the imaging equipment being utilized differently today, given the, the environment we're operating in, in terms of in terms of diagnosing or being used to to diagnose different um, disorders or?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, certainly the, the advancements that we've seen in the last few years. Um, the increase in resolution that we get uh, with certain imaging modalities. Uh, certainly, you know, we can look at some of the advancements we've had in ultrasound and, and the, the, what they give us in terms of our ability to look at things differently, right? So uh, I think we're finding new solutions even as we battle the coronavirus, right? So Siemens, as an example, is working on an AI solution, Where we can take CT data, feed it through an artificial intelligence engine, and it can actually figure out with with some certainty, right? It's not necessarily FDA approved yet, but they're working on, can we create a CT-based coronavirus diagnostic test simply using artificial intelligence? So these are things that that a few years ago we probably couldn't do, right? Whether it's because of the artificial intelligence or the capabilities of the scanners or, you know, just simply the way we're looking at it. So so there's a technology piece that's different there but there's also I think kind of a a there's an emergency use case that we're also seeing right so um we're hearing from a lot of our customers right most of most facilities around the country have really uh changed the way they're operating so you know gone into an emergency mode canceled elective procedures and elective surgeries um and that's changed what the equipment's being used for and so it's being dedicated at least those where we have a use are being dedicated to the fight of the coronavirus
1: right yeah and I was headed down the path of it, it changing sort of the thought process meaning the pandemic is thinking is forcing us to think differently and therefore imaging can be used differently or is being used differently um, and so you know one step further down that path is there an impact to the to the volumes in imaging based yeah, on that
0: yeah I think so it- I, and I and I think the 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 impact in volumes is is uh, as social as anything, right? So, you know, we have both an impact where this will drive imaging volumes for certain modalities because we're going to drive the patient population that needs a, a diagnosis or a treatment-based monitor, monitoring test to be done. So certainly in CT, we could be potentially overwhelmed, or with chest x-rays, we could be overwhelmed with the need to do coronavirus-related scans, I think on the other hand, though, because we've shifted resources to cover those modalities and deal in somewhat of an an, emergent manner with the coronavirus, we're going to see probably decreases in volume in other modalities, right? So the MRIs of the lower back, which honestly is like a, you know, probably one of the most ordered studies, most people aren't going to go in for a spine MR right now. You're just not going to do that. Um, because the resources have all been pushed somewhere else, both in the in the imaging facility, and because we're being asked to stay home, so right, so so there's a lot of social implications that will drive imaging volumes for the time being down. Um, but it's but it's really depends on the modality, depends on the setting. You know, in the hospital setting, I think we're going to see certain imaging modalities go way up. So there's
1: some shift of of modalities and imaging around that some volumes will go down some volumes will go up holistically may see see a little dip but maybe not significant dip
0: uh yeah i mean i i think we'll it remains to be seen with what the population of the of coronavirus patients looks like um i i'd love to be able to 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 predict the future with any good certainty Uh, i'd i'd be much better on the on the market and with the lottery and horse races and all sorts of other things um i'm not so uh uh, yeah, I think we'll see we'll see some some shift there. Uh, what I believe, hopefully, is that I think what we're going to see is is more of a, uh, a shaped decline and recovery. Um, you know, all of the data we're seeing from China, assuming we can believe the the information that's coming out, they've now had two straight days where they've had no reported cases of community spread, um, and they're essentially three ish months in. Uh, so we're sitting here in mid to late March. They really probably started their journey in early to mid-December. So they're roughly three months in. Um, and so they seem like they're in a position where they're ready to climb back out. And if you apply those same metrics to us, you know, we've seen the the both our governments and our markets and all sorts of things react in a pretty aggressive fashion, a- and and rightfully so. Uh, and I think we'll be down here for a three month sort of period. And then I I would hope certainly that we're in a position, if we can get everything mobilized that, that at the end of that three months, we can come out of this pretty quickly too.
1: So from a frontline perspective, you've, you've got field service engineers, you've got salespeople interacting interacting with, with providers all over the the country in essence, um, what are you hearing with the respect to those departments and facilities getting ready or, or responding to COVID-19? And what are some of the things you're hearing from the front lines as to the preparations in place? And, and then subsequently, what are some of the positive things that are, that are coming out of that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the first thing we're hearing is that, that they, are, they have moved to emergency mode, right? They've gone to um, facilities aren't necessarily locked down, but they are actively monitoring uh, people coming and going from their facilities. So when they cancel elective surgeries, they created staff, right? They had staff that were scheduled to to manage those elective procedures and surgeries, and they're now pushing them to the doorways. And so, you know, whether it's our service engineers or if you were, you know, a visitor, if you're even allowed in as a visitor, right? Our service engineers have been told, you can come when it's essential. Our salespeople have been told to stay away. And when our service engineers show up at the door, Generally, they're having their temperature taken, and they're making sure they're symptom-free. And if they've been certain places, they're asked to wear a mask. So there's a number of processes that our customers are putting in place to protect both themselves and their patients and all all things they ought to be doing. And we're more than happy to comply with those. Um, And then I think they're moving into how do I really mobilize into an emergency mode And thankfully, they're doing it before they're actually swamped, right? So we hear a lot of talk about flattening the curve. And the goal is to not overrun the health system uh, with patients because everybody becomes infected immediately because of how infectious we believe uh, the coronavirus is. Um, But now we're in a position where the hospitals are hopefully able to get a little bit in front of that and say, let's figure out the best ways to manage patients that don't need to be here by pushing them out of the hospital, you know, get people who are here that don't need to be in the hospital anymore for something else out of the hospital, create beds. Um, I, I think university of Nebraska is a great example. So they're sitting in, and today uh, if from the reports I saw the, the biocontainment unit is empty, right? So what they've done is they've taken all of the people that they were caring for. They've found a way to create space inside their facility by pushing people either out of the hospital and not bringing more elective people in and then creating some capacity. And by creating that capacity, they've taken and moved some of the people that they're dealing with with COVID-19, put them into those spaces. And so they've created capacity in the biocontainment unit for people that are very seriously ill. Um, And I think that's an example of what we'll see across our, across our entire customer base, which is how do I move some people out of the facility, create some capacity um, we're still going to have groups that are scrambling for supplies, right? I, I, I think you, you probably can't find enough uh, personal protective equipment. Um, and whether that be uh, N95 masks or gowns or gloves or whatever, I think most organizations are probably ordering as much as they possibly can get their hands on, especially if they're in a place that has been hard hit uh, and if they're particularly you know, a, a, a tertiary care center.
1: From, um, from a vendor perspective, you know, we've had, we've had conversations about, you know, our role in, in this, in the industry and supporting organizations, um, and, and patient facing teams and, and, and techs that are, that are on the front lines. Um, from your perspective, can you clarify, you know, what do you think the imaging supplier's role is? Um, where we think we might be able to, to help?
0: Sure. sure. I, I think there's two aspects to this. Um, so this always helps put our role in perspective, right? So from a, from an organizational, uh, stance, uh, really our goal is to do what we can to help our customers serve their communities, right? We, we, we live off of a, off of a tagline of strengthening community healthcare. And that's, that's really our role. That's our goal is to strengthen community healthcare, care. And, and we can do that in a lot of different ways. And I think the, the natural, you know, I'll use the word panic, right? The, the natural hype around everything that's going on causes people to want to move and react fast. And I think we have an opportunity to actually look at that from two different perspectives. One is we can focus on how we can respond quickly to our customers' needs. And we're continuing to do that. So our service engineers are still out there. Our salespeople have gone out and told people how they're available, even though they're not allowed on site. If a customer has a problem, we want to be there with them and stand whether or not physically alongside them, but stand alongside them to help them solve that problem. If that's helping them increase the capacity of their imaging department, we can do that in a lot of times uh, we, we can do that very quickly. Um, But it's also the engineers getting there quickly, fixing equipment that's down, not spending their time on on preventative maintenance that's non-essential at this point. So we're focusing our organization on how do we respond very quickly and effectively to our customers' needs. But at the same time, we also want to step back and take a slower approach. So instead of just responding quickly and reactively, I think we have a real opportunity here to be very proactive in what we do. So this is about how do we think about our customers in a different way? How do we focus on what their problems are from an operational standpoint, both today and then three, six, and 12 months from now? How do we roll in what we're watching our customers go through into our methodology for helping them plan for the future when this is past us and now we're talking about, well, how many CTs should you have? And are you ready when the next pandemic hits? And do you are you in a position to plan for that? Or is that do we need to figure out a mobile solution that you could roll in in that it's having the conversation that's not about what the CT scanner specifically does, but about how it impacts their clinical operation, you know, and, and the way that they function as an organization both in the the quote normal times and in the times of pandemic and so this is our opportunity to kind of slow down and think very strategically about how we can be best servants to our customers not just now but really on into the future
1: and the next question is is less about the technical side of of imaging in the departments and more about the need for communication. And we've seen such an important role of that in our own business and connecting people at this time and ensuring that, that there's sufficient communication that is transparent, um, that it's candid. Um, what are you seeing from what we need to be doing in the, for, provide the, the provider setting? And, and what do we need to be doing from perspective of enabling our teams to be much more reactive and proactive in that sense with communication and what's happening and where we might be able to, uh, to, to fit?
0: Yeah, I, so when I started at Castling uh, 15 years ago, uh, I very quickly learned that, that one of the mantras in our service organization was communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, and one would argue that you, you can't over-communicate. I, I think in times like this, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. Number one, that's probably still very true. You, you can't over-communicate. Uh, we may not get an answer as quickly as we expect because everybody's busy, especially the providers, right? Those that are working on the front lines, whether it's technologists or managers or whatever. And so they may not get back to us, but we still have an obligation to communicate to them. Um, I also think that as we've spaced everybody out, right? As we move towards social distancing, the natural reaction is actually to communicate less. So there've there've been studies done that when you, if you separate people by, physical distance, the frequency of communication goes down in an exponential manner. So as an organization, our goal is to fight that tendency. And so personally, and from a leadership perspective inside the organization, our goal is to communicate more and more and more. In fact, what will feel to us, and hopefully not to everybody else, but will feel to us like way over communicating, it's really important to keep everybody on the same page. So that that we can communicate the messages that are important to people, Um, the fact that we have proactive plans, uh, that we have policies to keep people safe, that we're doing things actively as we go day by day, monitoring the situation and making decisions that put our employees and our customers at the front of our mind, keeping them safe, making them productive. And then secondary to that is that we're taking a very long-term view of this understanding that this is a blip on the radar and our relationships, right, whether it be internal or external, are really the most important things that we can deal with. And so for us, it's really about over communicating this time and even ramping up more than we normally would that level of communication. And
1: I think you touched on something really important in terms of or with respect to um, that empathy around the communication and and that notion of safety and security, which is what a lot of people really want to hear right now is um, those tones of Hey, how, how is, am I safe? How are we making this secure? Um, and that's really important today. In addition to that, what else do you think imaging departments could be doing to kind of prepare or, or continue to create that, that notion of, um, safety and security? And, and are there things that we could be doing in addition to c- communication that, that we're doing
0: today? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not here to tell anybody how to practice medicine, but I can tell you how we're reacting as an organization. Um, Friday, when I left the office last Friday, so this was before a lot of the, the orders here in Nebraska to to socially distance and other things, I, I never would have guessed that in 48 hours we were in a position to, to push everybody home. Um, and thankfully, we had a great plan in place, whether put together by both our IT team and our business continuity committee. So we were in a position where all of a sudden, as dominoes started to fall and we're getting guidance from from governmental entities to space people out, avoid exposure, um, we really were in a position that said, hey, how do we do the best we can as an organization to comply with those guidelines? And we continue to monitor and things continue to change. And we have, you know, employees with kids that are at home. Uh, we've looked at, do we need to monitor who's where on a more specific level, potentially cross train people on the job so that they can handle service calls that might be outside their normal capability? What is the, our ability to create, you know, that sort of sense of, of being able to put more people to the places where they're needed, flex the capacity of the system in, in, in essence, and I think hospitals are going to do the same thing, right? It's how do I keep my employees safe? What do we have to do to socially distance in the workplace? Whether the, Even in that case where they have to come to work, how do I still keep them safe, whether it's personal protective equipment, spacing people out that don't need to be next to each other, decreasing community areas, even though that gets really hard when you have to live on the front lines. But then in addition to that, how do I flex the workforce? How do I find people I can call in? How do I take those people off of elective surgeries and put them into, you know, protecting the entryways. Um, And so doing those sorts of things as an organization and really responding to the needs you have there. And when it comes to communication, if you're going to start pushing your organization, right, anytime you want to stretch the rubber band of your organization, it's important to communicate, right? right? You've got to be, you got to lead with the whys and the focus and the vision before you talk about the what right? Because people are going to respond better if they understand why we're doing something as opposed to just simply, hey, let's go do this.
1: Yeah, that notion of Operational continuity and the communication around it is is absolutely critical in this time. Um, in, in closing, are there any other thoughts that you might have around um, the role of imaging in, in, in this in this pandemic and and uh, anything that that imaging departments could be doing in addition to preparing for continuity of operations, communicating more now than ever, thinking about how to use the imaging equipment yeah. differently in this pandemic? Are there, outside of those three that we've touched on, is there anything else that that you think makes sense for, for people to know?
0: I I think probably the, and maybe this isn't a a tactical suggestion, more of the, more of a strategic sort of approach. Um, It's really about taking the time to think about what's important, right? And, And it's about taking the time to focus on the importance of our employees the importance of the patients that we serve, the importance of their families and in, in what we do and in our lives. And then understanding that we can only control what we can control, right? There's a lot that's gonna happen. I, you know, None of us knows what's gonna happen over the next days to weeks to months. We can't predict that. But what we can do is we can control the things that we can control. We can put our focus on the things that we can really have an impact with and think about how do I make The world, the experience that our customers have, that our employees have, how do I make that the best we possibly can, even inside of all of the mess that may look like is going on outside? So it's about those things from a tactical perspective, but then it's also about really just taking the time to stop and care. I think that's
1: a great ending message for this podcast, Kyle. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, thanks for thank your time you. today. I really appreciate the opportunity to sit down and talk with you about what we're doing here and how, how we might be able to help hospitals as we move forward.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Dan. It's a little different to be on the other side of the microphone. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. This is one of many resources Castling provides to help you stay current on all things imaging. We hope you'll tune in again soon. The thoughts expressed on this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not necessarily those of Castling North Siemens Health & Ears. This podcast is for informational purposes only.